Hey guys, before we get started today, wanted to remind you that the Minikime show featuring Lenny is fueled by Gatorade. Gatorade's proven formula, whatever path you take this, greatness starts with G. Have you checked out Swagoo and Perk yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Former NFL defensive lineman, friend of mine, and analyst Marcus Spears, that's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins have known each other for decades. And now, every Tuesday, you can hear them talk through not only NFL and NBA topics, but also what's going on in the world. They talk about food, too, quite a bit. Check out Swagoo and Perk wherever you get your pods or on ESPN's YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Minicon Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks she should only be flagged for taunting if you're withholding treats. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am joined today by my friend, Jeff Schwartz. He works at Fox Sports Digital. He is the host of Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. And I am 99.99999% sure that he also hates the NFL's new taunting rules. Because I have yet to meet the 0.0001%. I guess it's Mike Tomlin and like John Mara. Who else, Jeff? Have you seen anyone defend taunting? Uh, well, besides people from the competition committee that are in charge of making yes. this rule? No, I have not. I don't get this rule. Like, I understand. I understand roughing the passer, right? Like, we're trying to yes. protect the quarterbacks. Is it over the top? Sure, but they're you know they're our number one asset. They're our visible marketing, right? We want you know, people to tune in. The, the Packers Chiefs game, even without Aaron Rodgers, had a bazillion viewers, right? Like we want to protect quarterbacks, yeah. but no one's out there like, oh my god, Marsh, look at the sideline, kids, close your eyes, man. We can't watch this. He made a big play. He looked at the Steelers sidelines. The Steelers, did you notice the punt team ran the field? Didn't even look at him. Like they didn't even look at him. They didn't even yeah. notice he was doing it. And now, and that changes the entire course of a game. We cannot add penalties like this that change the course of games it is not what you know the nfl should be worried about let me ask you this you have children uh i think it was tomlin who hit us with the kind of what about the children or like you know people that watch these uh players and they look up to them what would be like too far for you as because I, I can't weigh in here i frankly there's like nothing to me i love a good throat slash gesture but i understand parents might feel differently like yeah. what is something that if you saw a player do after a sack you'd be like "Ooh, i really wish my kid hadn't seen that probably like double middle fingers i mean like, i don't know what else could be a situation <laughs> but but you know but then again look i understand that not everyone is in a situation where you know where they have parents who are their role models right so i understand mm -hmm. if, if if people if you meet kids look up to NFL players as role models, but I feel my role as a parent is to teach my kid what they should and shouldn't be doing and whether they see something on television. And there's things I see all the time. I'm like, hey, son or daughter, you know, I don't say those words, I call them their names, but Hello, you know, like, daughter. You know, yeah, like that, you know, hey, you know, you might see this, but it's not how we act in our house, right? That's not how we act in public. And so it's up to the parents, I think, to to make sure, and again, not everyone has the same situation we do. But, you know, it's like if they see something on an NFL game, they don't – and I'll explain to them why they shouldn't be doing that. But these are – here's the thing about this. And Ryan Clark said this, I think, really well yesterday. And I've said this and all, all people have is the game is so emotional, right? It's so – it's violent. It's physical. You play with this emotion that after a big play, if you don't show emotion, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, you, like, yeah. you, like you have to let it out somehow. And, and like letting it out is – is that physical expression of what Marsh did or what any of these other guys do, the flex and a, a, a ball spike and a ball twist, whatever you want to do. Like that to me is just, it's not even, it's not even conscious sometimes. So, sometimes you just do it because you're releasing that energy of that big play. Yeah. It, by the way, you mentioned 
the competition committee. Look, a lot of people are mad at Tony Carrente, the ref, and I get it. And that weird thing where he like bumped into Cassius Marsh was bizarre as all get out. But uh, this rule, like John Mara was a face of it over the summer, but it came from, I, I recall reading like the coaches committee or the subcommittee, then the competition committee. Like, so it's not just Tomlin. It was like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. This is coming from the coaches. You know what I mean? Like this is not just a bunch of refs or even old owners saying, Hey, we want to make football less fun. So I, you know, this is a coaches thing. And if you want to take issue with it, that's where they got to start. I take issue with it because it makes football less fun, but also in this case, it made it less fair because it actually cost an NFL game. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, Justin Fields, the quarterback who had an awesome game in that, that performance at the end of the show. But before then, I picked uh, three games to talk about. I think there's three really good games this weekend that I find interesting. And then I also want to talk about the OBJ stuff, which is a little bit of rolling the dice because we are recording this on Wednesday afternoon and anything could happen. Uh, so... We're going to do that at the end. That way, in case it's irrelevant by then, you have already listened to most of the podcast. Um, <laughs> although, actually, a bunch of the teams we're talking about are like in the OBJ mix, which kind of makes it kind of interesting. But um, the, the game I want to talk about first is the game that I believe is the best of the weekend, and that is Browns-Patriots. I am so excited for this game, Jeff. I feel like... Whoever, I don't think whoever loses this game, people will be in panic mode about necessarily because the AFC is so bizarre. But I think whoever wins this game, the narrative, like people are going to come out of this weekend saying like this team is a legitimate contender. Yeah, it's not going to be the Browns. Um, I I just, I, I, I get Bill Belichick against Baker Mayfield. Like that's the matchup. Now, obviously the rushing attack is really good and they've, they pay both guards the last 24 hours. I mean, they're, they're doing the things they should. Um, but I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a good game. I mean, I, I look Belichick gets, um, gets, gets kind of made fun of, I think too much for what he deserves. You know, obviously with Tom Brady winning Tampa Bay, everyone's, Oh, it's all, it's all Tom Brady. It was never Belichick. And then, you know, they went seven, nine with a bum roster last year. I mean, if you want to yeah. blame Belichick, blame him for the roster, Duke can still coach. And, and this year, each week, they seem to be getting better each week. They, they, yes. know, they continue to play better defense and Mac Jones looks better each and every week. But I don't know what I'm getting from the Browns each week. Some mm. weeks they look great. Some weeks they don't. You know, the Bengals was the first time this year against a good team. And I think the Bengals are still good. They played a full four quarters. They played good at stretches against Kansas City, against the Chargers. The Cardinals came in to, to Cleveland with no head coach, uh, with other players missing because of injury and COVID, and they smashed the Browns. Like the Browns have yet to play, and, and last week was the first one of a four quarter game. And now they go to New England feeling good about themselves. Everyone's pumping up Baker Mayfield again, which kind of is this cycle of plays poorly, everyone doubts me, plays well again, then plays poorly, right? You can go to New England, and and I just think Belichick is going to have going to have this locked up. And, and I know they're trying to run the football. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I don't really see them being able to do much on offense. And defensively, the Browns are, at least run defense, they're okay. But passing defense, they're a lot worse than I think we thought they'd be this year, right? They, they just really haven't been able to stop the pass quite as well as we thought. Let's get to the pass defense, but let's start with the offense versus Belichick, which is kind of what you hit on. Um, I, I, I share your concerns. Like, So we're coming off of this Bengals game where it was like pretty much the perfect Browns script. Like the Browns, like... If they can get up, like like if 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 Baker can, you know he he's been very good in first halves, uh, in his good games, and if things go well for them in the first half and they're able to run the ball effectively, 
um, and, and you know, like things kind of stay on schedule. Uh, they're a good offense, and you saw that they looked fantastic against Cincinnati. Um, you know, I, I like this. We know what they want to do. We know they want to run the ball. We know that they want to lean heavily on their tight ends, both throwing and running, out of two and three tight end sets. Um, and then, you know, when they have the chance or identify matchups, they like Baker can use his arm, which is very strong, and, and take shots like he did to Donovan Peoples Jones. Like that was like the perfect Baker Mayfield game. He went seven for eight in the first half. Like, you know, not throwing a ton of footballs, but um, keeping things on time and on schedule. And um, that's what they want to do against New England. I am fascinated, curious to see how Belichick approaches this one, because I do agree with you that New England's defense has gotten better and better every week. Um, I was really high on them before the season and they were kind of uneven, you know, the run defenses, I really struggled at times, which would seem to be a matchup in this one, obviously. But I think what you're seeing is kind of Belichick and I guess his kid, (laughs) uh, sort of figuring it out, figuring out how to best use their personnel. Um, this dude covers the Pats, Evan Lazar, go follow him. I think he does a great job pointed out recently that over the last few games, Last four games, the Pats have played zone on 66% of their snaps, which is a big change. This is a man defense, been a man defense. It was a man defense at the beginning of the season. So I thought at first this was like a matchup thing, you know, like going into games against like, I don't know, the Chargers or whatever. But Evan astutely pointed out, actually was probably more about losing guys, losing Gilmore, losing Jonathan Jones. And that makes a ton of sense to me. However, Baker Mayfield, 13th QBR against zone, 32nd against man. So part of me wonders if they go back to playing a heavy dose of man defense uh, in this particular matchup. Well, if if it works, Belichick will do it, right? That's what he's always been great at. That, that's the best thing he does is he is adaptable, right? Each week, you do not know what you're getting. And each week, they find different ways throughout his career to make life you know, tough for, for quarterbacks like like Baker Mayfield. If, if you play man coverage, obviously, you have an extra defender most likely in the box to help stop the run, which is helpful, obviously, in this specific matchup. Um, you know, then you do you do kind of, you know, if you if you can't get home on a pass rush, then you might leave some of their weapons open on the play action pass. But um, I think they're going to do everything they can to stop the run and make yeah. Baker Mayfield beat them. And if that's man to man coverage, sure. If that's zone coverage, great. But remember, you know, a lot of the zone coverage stuff. Those play-action passes, man, they're, they're built to, to go against zone coverage, right? They're built yes. to find those holes in the zone. So it makes sense that he would do much better in those spots. Third-down situations, you see a lot more two-man, see a lot of one-robber, things like that. That's where Baker's not great. That makes sense that he's not great against man coverage because I think a lot of teams are not playing man coverage early in downs against the Browns. And so that makes sense his splits would be that way. And I think Belichick will do what he has to um, to make this, this game uncomfortable for for Baker, you just sit guys in the box, find different ways to to bring down the running backs, and force Baker to throw the ball thirty times. If he throws the ball thirty times, they're going to win this game. Yeah, and to your point, like about sort of you know that those early downs, I I, I think Belichick is going to be very judicious about blitzing and and until third down, and I think a lot of that it, it, it again cuts to what you were saying, which is about this defense kind of figuring itself out or as the season's gone along. Um, Matt Judon has been awesome since the beginning, but they have sort of, I don't want to say like increasingly, I don't have the snaps in front of me. I think Christian Barmore is getting more and more snaps like every single week. 
that dude is legit. And at the moment, like New England is winning up front without blitzing yeah. right now. And I think this is a game where that'll be like, to your point, really pertinent on early downs um, combined with the fact that like, I think Bill Belichick is going to do everything possible in addition to stopping the run to confuse Baker Mayfield when he has to pass. Yeah, the Barrymore thing is interesting. I saw Belichick this week give a quote about him. I think it was Monday or Tuesday about how he mentioned specifically he's working on his flexibility, strength. He comes in early, leaves late. Like it seems like, and that's, you know, Belichick to praise a young player like that means that he has really done a lot to earn that praise. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned because I, I specifically remember Belichick with that quote this week. Mm. Yeah, if you're a rookie and you're getting the Belichick praise, that's good. Um, Jeff, what's what's your what's your sort of report card for Mac Jones so far? I mean, he's doing what's asked of him, right? Yeah. Um, which is what he did at Alabama too. And I think that as he continues to grow in this offense, they're adding a little bit more for him each week. Now, this week's a little tougher because of the of the Browns' pass rush, right? Do they kind of mm. pack things in and be less aggressive? because they're worried about their offensive line against Miles Garrett and company. Uh, but he he's just doing what's asked of him, right? Like there's, and we'll talk about the Chiefs in a little bit, like there is an importance of just taking what's there. Like it's hard to do. And I think Mac Jones did that at Alabama. He took, now obviously in Alabama, guys were open by seven yards. But in the NFL, like just take what's there. If the coach tells you on this specific play, it goes here if you see this look then just do that and that's what mac jones does he takes the the, the shot that is there the guy that's open and he lets his players get yards after the catch he lets his offense stay in rhythm and there is some value in, in doing that is he going to win a game throwing the ball 40 times that's not what they want to do right but if he if he stays within himself in the offense they're moving the ball they, they're a they want to run the ball play action pass they're sort of like yeah. the browns in the sense that that's what they want to do um and he's doing the he's executing the game plan as is designed. Yeah, and, and they are opening up. Well, first of all, they're increasing the amount of play action that they're using. Um, and, and it, it feels like it's funny. There, there's a lot of parallels with the defense. Like it kind of feels like they're still feeling their way around the personnel that they have, right? And like who they can count on, figuring out how to use the tight ends, figuring yes. out the right pot. Like they've been kind of juggling the offensive line over the first few weeks of the season, figuring out they look a lot better than they did a few weeks ago. And that's obviously been crucial for Mac Jones because I mean, that ball's coming out, but his game is all about staying within rhythm, not dealing with pressure too. I mean, he can, he's very good at navigating a pocket, but you know, he, if you flush him out, it's over. Right. So um, it, it feels like, I, I don't think he's not, being asked to do a ton right now, but they're kind of figuring out the pieces around him. I do think they still need help at skill player. And that's why they're in the OBJ market, which we'll talk about at the end um, where I sort of disagree with you, or at least want to kind of talk it, talk it through. Uh, obviously the pass rush is super scary with miles Garrett, who is defensive player of the year in my mind, but I think the secondary has really, I mean, maybe this is a little bit too much recency bias coming off the Bengals game. But this is a group that has been really like up and down this season, and they've lost players to to injury. And against the Bengals, for the first time, you kind of had everyone. Most of the most of the um, starters were healthy, and you got the best performance you've gotten so far from John Johnson. Just getting to make plays instead of being that sort of rangy coverage guy. Troy Hill being used as a playmaker. Denzel Ward, who when he's healthy, is I believe one of the best cornerbacks in football. Like this can be a very good secondary. They just haven't, they've just been kind of discombobulated so far this season. One of the reasons that I like the Browns to win the North this year, and, and they still might, I don't, you know, the Ravens are so beat up right now, 
is that and and the reason why I have them as a contender to win the AFC is because of the additions in the secondary. Because it, you know, the Chiefs' offense is not what it used to be. But you think to yourself, how do you slow down the Chiefs? Right, you need to have a great secondary. Right, just slow them down. And they built that up for the possibility of playing the Chiefs. And now, obviously, as you mentioned, with injuries and some poor play, they're starting to gel now. And here's the thing about this too: is it takes eight to ten regular season weeks for the most part for new defenses, new offenses to really gel together. It just you have to play, you have to see things over and over again. You know, you're playing different concepts, you're playing different weeks, you're playing different defenses. And about this time of year is when things start to come together for kind of new groups in, in the Browns defensive hmm. backfield is sort of new together and just figuring out how you're going to play certain things. So it's no surprise that we're seeing this around the NFL and other position groups and other units where you're getting better at this point of the year because you've had all those reps now to make every adjustment you need to make and to have that feel between you and your partner or you and you know someone else on the defense yeah. and understand how you're supposed to play certain situations. So I'm not surprised they're playing better, but we see this around the NFL. This time of year, everyone's like, oh my God, that they improved a lot. Well, mm. yes, they played more football. They played nine, 10 games of football. They should be better now. That's a great point. And obviously sort of... It- there's a parallel there between the Pats defense and the Browns defense with the Pat with, you know, with the Pats defense playing more zone and kind of figuring out how to use their pass rushers. And with the Browns defense, they're really like, they've gotten everything they would have wanted out of Garrett Clowney's, you know, to he's been good. Uh, and then um, the secondary, like, y- you know, it was kind of like, there were just coverage busts and miscommunication and guys just not executing and being used and out of position. And I think to your point, like it, it makes a lot of sense that, now with so many different new pieces guys you know you got greg newsom who's a, who was a, a rookie you know um delpin williams battled injuries um yeah and then of course johnson and troy hill new to the team yeah it does make sense that they kind of yeah. are figuring out how to play together um i think i and this is a game in my mind where they could really have used jeremiah jeremiah usu karmoa because oh yeah that's something that really jumped out. Like that's still that is a problem. He is by far their best linebacker, and a big part of the why reason why they've been successful against the run early on. And I expect New England to just pound it up the gut. Well, that's what they've wanted to do all season. That's what they did in 2018. Like that's kind of what their bread and butter is: is this, you know, pound the ball, play action, pass offense. And they're going to do that this weekend. They're going to run the ball right at the Browns. So you think New England's going to win? I know yes. that. Um, I am inclined to think so, but I don't, I, I, I really like what I saw out of the Browns defense. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the one, you know, just a blip, but I, I think, I think they're trending in the right direction. And I think Miles Garrett is an absolute nightmare right now. So I think he'll be, I don't know. I kind of think maybe the Bengals offense just has not been as good as we've thought. The 23rd, the 23rd in DVOA on offense. I mean, they were they're more of just a big play offense. Like they're not a, kind of a sustained drive offense. Maybe they're just the Bengals just really as offensively aren't as crisp and clean as we thought they were. I, I think there's probably some legitimacy, legitimacy to that as well. Um, Seahawks Packers. Will the woke cancel culture mob come for Aaron Rodgers this week? And by will the. Will they get him? Will they get him? And by that, I mean. Um, Daryl Taylor and company. Um, by the way, okay, I, I, I'll just start here. This kind of blew my mind. I was gathering stats on Rodgers just to kind of see if they line up with what I've been seeing from him, which is a good quarterback, not as good as last year. This is shocking to me. Aaron Rodgers, when he is not pressured, 
first in quarterback rating this year. When he is pressured, 33rd. Isn't that shocking? Behind Jared Goff. The Tom Brady 2020 stat line. Interesting. Uh, I did not think that watching them play. Um, but he doesn't get pressured often. I mean, so with, that's with, part with, of it. Yeah, the ball's yeah, coming out with, faster. I, I yeah. just, well, as you know, this offensive line has been super banged up. Um, yeah. So that I, I think David Bakhtiari might play this week. Uh, this game is is quite fascinating because obviously Rogers, I think, is going to play, but he might not be able to practice all week. Russell Wilson, again, just dude, the, the videos, man. It just he just he's we'll get just, to that. We're, he's, we're talking about the Packers' offense right now. We'll get to um, this. So, I, I, if if Rogers comes back, obviously, I, I their offense is going to be fine. Um, you know, I'm trying to find is is Pete Carroll good off a of bye? Do we know that? Um, I actually have no idea. We probably That's should find question. out. It's a good gambling nugget. I need to find out. Um, uh, but I, I, I know Seattle's getting three points here. Um, can they rush the passer well enough to affect Rodgers, though? So that's a good. That's the question. So the Seahawks defense has been like super weird. It's basically been kind of a story of two quarters of the season. Um, they were really, really, really bad the first quarter and really, really good the second quarter. However, also very notable, they played. Um, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, Jameis, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy G, Trey Lance. So it has not been tough goings for the Seattle defense, but they are. So same as last year, essentially, players. right? Like last year, they were better in the second half, but they played like eight. Yeah, backups exactly. In a row. So you got to look at the level of competition. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I, I, I think from the pass rush, I do think something that's notable is they are sort of middle of the pack in most pressure rates but 30th in sacks so they're just not getting home which suggests that you know things might tick up a little bit but really outside of daryl taylor who's been excellent who had the kind of a red shirt season last year scary injury but he's okay he's playing um yeah. outside of him like they're not blitzing jamal adams the way they used to and carlos dunlap did have a very good game against, against jacksonville but they haven't been able to get a ton of pressure on i can't imagine they're going to blitz Rogers much. Yeah, I can't imagine that either. I, I'm curious though about Rogers just basically not practicing all week and showing up. He's been gone for two weeks now. Is there some rust between right. him, him, him and Adams? Um, you know, is there any added mental stress from this week? Right. I mean, we saw him do an interview yesterday where he backtracked a lot of what he said and he seemed very surprised about the backlash. I don't. I didn't understand what he thought would happen uh, with the original interview he gave two weeks ago. Um, and I do wonder about kind of his mental, just his mental state after being out for, for two weeks. You know, it's not as like an injury. I mean, injury, you're at the facility. You're still kind of with your guys. But now he's been gone for a little bit. He comes back. Sales off a buy. I'm, I'm on that. Sales off a buy, right? I am right on mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I think Russell Wilson's coming back from his finger injury. How good is, is Wilson going to be too? Right. It's, just, it's an odd game to pick a winner because both quarterbacks – we don't know what we're getting from them. I mean, Wilson obviously off an injury, how's his finger feeling? According to the video, it seemed like he didn't even say he was back in the video. Like just it was just a video yeah. of him getting x-ray and throwing a football. Like it wasn't even he didn't even say he was back. It just he's walking his uniform. All you know right, what? Congrats. You know what, Jeff, in the battle of the the cringe, I think Seattle wins this one. Though <laughs> the cringe QBs. I feel like for once. We're on the, we win this one. Um, yeah, yeah, see how it gets a break because, because Rogers went on, on the McAfee show. Well, the, um, the worst thing that yeah. what Russ does is the weird warm ups and post a video of himself to the succession music. I will take that. I will take that. Just that's fine. I'll fair, take that. fair, fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I worry about the you know the mindset of, of Rogers. I mean, he could come out and be you know and, and just be fired up to show everyone he's still good, but she is still good. I mean, there's no there's no you know that's not anything different. But just how is he going to react to all this this backlash that's been the last week? I mean, people have been angry about this, right? People have been upset about this. Um, I'm sure you know he doesn't get on social media. Most people claim they don't, but I'm sure they've seen the they've seen tweets and seen read articles and and whatnot and. Is does he come out just as crisp as he was a couple weeks ago? I, I don't have an answer for that. And Wilson with the finger, how crisp is he? Look, Seattle played close games with Geno Smith, right? They, I think they covered all three games that he had played, so they're playing decent football now. Adding Russell yeah. Wilson back, you'd imagine they're played better football. And you know, we, we mentioned Pete Carroll's teams typically get better throughout the season. It's a sign of, of being well coached, but the conservative nature of it, it's just there's it's so hard to. To back Seattle in these mm. games. I just, I hate it so much. Well, I just, I, <laughs> you wouldn't have to pick a winner, but yeah, I think also, by the way, the Geno games, it, um, it, at the, it felt really awful at the time and the early down run, the constant runs, frankly, were frustrating, but he also lost to the Steelers and the Saints, who we now know are like two of the better defenses in the NFL, right? So, um, and then they obliterated the Jaguars. So who beat the Bills? So, you know, I actually think you're right. Like the, the, the offense has been, clicking fairly well they might get d eskridge who was the first uh their first draft pick not first round as their wide receiver three um and they were kind of using him on like sweeps and stuff and some horizontal things uh before he got her we went out with a concussion chris carson might play in this game i mean if you're seattle setting aside the questions of health assuming that russell wilson looks like himself um how would you attack this packers defense based on what we've seen from them over the last few weeks um, you know, the Chiefs had lots of guys open. Obviously, we'll get to them in a second. Like just Mahomes just couldn't find them. I mean, I I think that you know, running just your offense is is fine. I mean, you obviously have to worry about some of the Packers' pass rush ability, right? So you want to keep yourself out of third and long, which is a lot of you know, teams think you have to run the ball in early downs. You don't have to do that to to um to maintain an offense, but I don't think anything special has to be done to, to take, you know, they're, they're not Buffalo's defense or New England or New Orleans or, 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 or Pittsburgh. I think you could just run your offense and find many ways to get after the Packers defense. Um, the Packers defense is interesting to me. Um, so they are, as usual, frankly, better at the stopping the pass than the run, even without Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander. They've gotten decent contributions at various points from the likes of Rashawn Gary, who's been very good. Yeah. Um, and then like rando corners, <laughs> like uh, you know, Russell Douglas will have an amazing game. Kenny Kevin King was decent actually, but Amelia, you know, uh, um, last week against the Chiefs offense, I couldn't do anything. So, and then Eric Stokes, I think he might play. I'm not sure. He got banged up last week, but um, they have been decent especially by the way like in coverage because up front they're not winning no, that not. much and they don't blitz a lot but they've been surprisingly good at stopping the pass and then while the run defense is worse uh and i think this is something to really keep an eye on by the way kenny clark went out with an injury he, he might play banged up because they just don't have anyone on the d-line yeah. they, they need him so but behind him devondre campbell has been the best player on the Packers defense, I feel pretty comfortable saying, the linebacker. So I feel like the, the usual story with the Packers defense is just they're soft up the middle and run, and maybe with Clark injured, that's the case. But if I'm Pete Carroll, if I'm, if I'm the Seahawks, Shane Waldron, 
and Wilson is healthy at all, they do not have the corners to handle DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they better throw the ball. Well, they're going to look at the numbers and be like, well, we better run the football. I mean, that's just the what Seattle does. Yeah, Jeff, but I'm trying to manifest my dream. I'm trying to. I know. (laughs) I don't trust them to, especially with, with, you know, they'll they'll use the excuse that Russ is coming back from injury and we're we're going to take it slowly with him. Uh, Of course, the answer is always most of the time to throw the football, but that's not, it's not, it's it's so funny because Seattle, you know, Seahawk fans are interesting to follow on Twitter. That you guys you do a lot, you, like you do a lot of winning. Seattle wins a lot, but the tweets are we don't just act like it. no. It's so funny. It just it's always depression, and I it just which is the way I tweet about Oregon too because we have a our, our quarterback so bad. It's like I can't believe we win these games like in spite of someone, and you know it feels like Seattle fans feel like they win games in spite of Pete Carroll, and I feel that way sometimes watching my favorite teams too. But it's so. And for some reason, all like half the Twitter feels like they're Seattle Seahawks fans. So it's a lot of fun to follow games via social media when it comes to just that game alone. Just angry. Um, I should mention, by the way, I was like, the Packers don't have the DBs to cover the CX wide receivers. Seattle is does not have the defensive backs to cover Devontae Adams, which we have seen time and time again against this team, most recent notably in the playoffs. Um, but you know, while this defense has been better, I think Quandre Diggs is a good safety. Um, DJ Reed is their number one corner. He's fine, but like he's not covered Devontae Adams fine. They are using uh, six defensive backs more. Like a big adjustment that this defense made was they used Ryan Neal, uh, who's a safety, to cover George Kittle, then inexplicably pulled him and they struggled, but now they're using him more and more. And then they also bench Trey Flowers. All of those things seem to be working in their favor. I don't yeah. know if it's going to work against Devontae Adams. And if I was the Packers, it, it's actually kind of similar to what we're saying with the Seahawks. I would throw the football too against this team. I don't know when, I mean, what, what game is like not throwing the football? The answer, I feel like that, you know, if you have a guy like Devontae Adams, you have DK Metcalf and, and Lockett. I mean, if you're playing a secondary that's just just average, yeah, continue to to both, take your chances right? down the both field. Both these secondaries are extremely yeah. Just average. continue to take just continue to take your chances down the field. Obviously, look, they're they have offensive coaches that tend to want to run the football to set up everything else they do. So I wouldn't think they'd go away from that. But this game will be one uh, with big plays. You know, the kind of the, the big playability. And I think Seattle. I feel like has more of that capability to make those big plays in their offense than than yeah. than do the. I mean, the Packers just have long drives. Like Seattle yeah. does at times, but they also hit a lot more home runs, in my opinion. I could check the numbers on that, but no, you're I feel like Seattle's right. offense can be more, way more explosive. Yeah, no, you're that's and and they kind of like live and die by it, right? That's always been the thing with Seattle, and, and because it's Russell Wilson, they usually live. But we don't know what version of Russ we're gonna get. We don't know what version of Aaron we're gonna get. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. I lean Green Bay just because I think they're a more consistent team, and I also think. At Wilson coming off the injury is just a big question mark, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's definitely a game with a lot of variables. All right, after the break, we're going to talk about a team that you and I maybe talk about the most, uh, and that, of course, is the Jackson. No, I'm just kidding. It's the Chiefs. Uh, just wait a minute. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, so Jeff, the Chiefs are playing the Raiders. Uh, Important game, by the way, given just the AFC, the AFC West, what this means for playoff uh, sort of ramifications. So the thing we talk, we will be talking about both sides of the Chiefs a lot because you obviously have family ties to the Chiefs with your brother having played there. You're very invested in them. Um, I do want to talk about the Chiefs' defense and the Raiders' offense. I think both sides of this ball are really both sides of this game are interesting. But let's start with the Chiefs' offense because I feel like ninety nine percent of our DMs are just what is wrong and trying yeah. to figure it out. Um, so at this moment in time, coming off of this last game, barely beating Green Bay, walk me through what you think is wrong, and then I'll tell you if I agree, and then we can talk about whether it can be fixed. Oh, there's a couple of things. Um, I think the rhythm of the offenses just feels kind of off, right? Um, you know, they keep trying to generate these big plays that just that, that just might not be there. And I really do think, and Mahomes mentioned this today, even in the quote I saw uh, from his press conference, he's got to take what's there, man. And there are plays to be made. There, there, it's not just that no one's open. He just is not finding those guys as quickly as he has in the past. And I don't know what that reason is, but he's always trying to find the home run when just just take what is there. Andy Reid did not forget how to call games. You, you know what you're seeing. You know what, there's no surprise what defense you're getting, and just go make the plays that they're there. And, and sometimes the 12, 14, 15 play drive is is okay, especially if you end up in, with a touchdown. But that last play of the game, and people think this is this is kind of crazy when I say this, but I really think that's a big play for the Chiefs. You know, Mahomes rolls out third and ten. He finds Tyreek Hill, kind of looked like old school Mahomes. And being able to make a play like that to end the game, right? So you, when you come in the locker room, it's 13-7. You're not really focused about the other plays you had. Everyone's talking about that final play, how that felt, and how, and how good that you know, kind of made you feel. And, and just it's your head into preparing this week. You keep thinking about those that good moment to end the game. I really think that, that that's important for the Chiefs moving forward, that mindset of that play. Mm-hmm. Now, it might, it might be nothing. It might be something. But seeing Mahomes make a play like that 
is is pretty important. Now he doesn't look like he's moving as well as he has in the past. I don't know yeah. if that's an injury that he had, kind of you know his foot last year. Maybe just as you get older, you slow down a tiny bit. Um, everyone blames their yeah. offensive line. Their offensive line's fine, guys. Like stop blaming their offensive line. That's not the problem. I would <laughs> like to see more downhill runs though. I feel like this inside zone thing does not work. They have to get, they, they don't have backs that are that great. So just tell them you're running in the a gap and run a trap or power or counter. Those plays mm -hmm. work really well for the chiefs and you just stick with it. I would, I want to see more under center play action, more screen passes, but they're not that far off. They start clicking. They were fine the first four weeks of the year, but they kind of yeah. find their groove again. Their defense is playing better. The AFC is not, there's no lock in the AFC. I mean, they could still be in this thing if they can find some ways offensively to just get some consistency. It's so weird because so everybody knows what they're doing. You know, they're facing these two high shells. We don't need to obviously get into that. And everybody knows it's working. But they did they're, last year too. Yes, they did. Like, like there's no, like, it's not like a thing that everyone's like, oh my God, they're seeing too, too high. Oh, so the question is kind of like, are. what's the difference between this year and last year? And um, I think there, it, it's a few things. It's the fact. So last year, one huge thing which you didn't mention, which you and I have talked about, is Travis Kelsey is not himself right now. I don't Correct. know if he's hurt or whatever, if he's just older. He is not beating press. I no. see it with my eyes, the way he used to. And that's enormous because against those two high shells, he was the guy who you'd find in that soft spot in the middle of the field. He was the guy off of RPOs. Like, he was the dude. And that it's not working right now. Um, I think, it, yeah, his numbers against press this year are the worst of his career, actually. So that's an issue for them. There's no number two wide receiver. So if Travis Kelsey is not winning, and you, they, obviously teams are oriented towards taking out Tyreek Hill downfield, Chiefs have kind of some creative ways to generate touches for him horizontally. But if if those two aren't you know clicking, you're running into a problem because the Chiefs don't have a legitimate number two. This has always been an issue with them, by the way. Um, yes. And then the third thing is like Mahomes is just not playing great. Some of that is uh, lack of patience. Some of it is... Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's not, he's moving weird. So when he does escape the topic, like it's, he kind of looks, and I think people are, I don't know. I, I, I think people are reluctant to call it out because he always, he's such a weird mover to begin with. Like he's not a graceful runner at all, but it used no. to be that if you turned your back on Mahomes, he could pick up 12 yards. He ain't doing that now. So that's a problem yeah. too. I mean, I, I don't know like, what the deal is seems, with that. It seems like it's just like cumbersome for him to run this year. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't look natural. Um, and, but you're also not getting a bunch of man coverage either. Like you're not getting the two man anymore. No. They're just sitting back in two, and so they're not really the opportunities to run. Um, obviously, look, the, you know, I saw some people talking about the offensive line. Oh, the pass protection from the tackle is not as good this year. Yeah, what do you expect to happen? Like, right. I mean, it's but it's just because it's not as good doesn't mean it's it's bad. The, the, the tackles are fine. It just there needs to be when 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 good personnel offenses turn bad. The best way to describe it because there's really ne never one thing. It's a different guy screws up every place. So you can never really game plan it out, right? Like if you just know the right tackle's bad, okay, we'll we'll help. We'll we'll give him some good some plays to help him out. We'll put a tight end or running back over there. We'll slide to him, whatever else. But when one play Mahomes misses the open guy, the next play it's a run play. Let's say and the left guard gets beat. The next play a wide receiver drops a ball. How do you game plan for that? Yeah, you, you don't. You you just don't. That's what's happening. But with the Chiefs. The one thing they can game plan for is they can run the ball more. And uh, yeah, I have, all, I have, yeah, right, I know. But what's puzzling to me, Jeff, so you talked a little bit about not just running, but the style of run, which I think factor yeah. also, you know, it's 
the abilities of the players, the the style of offensive linemen on this team. But what I find so puzzling is like they'll have a drive where they do it successfully and it takes a long time and they work their way down the field and they score. And then on the next drive, it'll be like bomb, incompletion, bomb, uh, you know, a failed, failed, like short yard, short yardage throw. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I, it's a little confusing to me. Look, Andy Reid, and I played with Andy. My brother was there for years. Um, he just doesn't want to – it's just not not going to run the football. That's not just what he does. And so to just think all of a sudden he's going to run the football is not realistic. And you're right, right, that they had to drive against the Packers where they just boom, 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 boom. But they get in kind of this mode where if they have one negative run play, it's that's it for the drive. Like, then it's not – you're not going to run the ball again. If, if, if first and ten – you get one yard, second and nine. That's it for like four plays in a row. They're going to pass, 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 pass. They're not even getting really the RPO action in, which they used yeah. to do is kind of they count as, as a run play. Uh, the screens really aren't there. They're just not getting easy yards right now uh, where they used to just find ways to make it easy for themselves. And it's not happening this year. And some years, Mina, excuse my language, are just shit. Like, they're just shit. Like, they just suck. Like, you just, huh. you're going to suck. Like, some years are just, that's the way it is in the NFL. And there's no, you can, I mean, there, you can say any reason why you want, but some years it's just shit. Look, Pat Mahomes has a new child at home now. Maybe his sleep pattern screwed up. Uh, you know, he's not moving as well this year. There's some <laughs> off the field things with his family. The, ta- Maybe the taunting, just, the taunting like, has influenced his children. Yeah. His like, children are screaming. Like, yeah, like maybe it's just a sh- just a shit year. Like I don't like I like that's also extremely possible too. Horrible injury at the end of last season. Totally reasonable that uh, it didn't rehab great. Um, I do think just to go back to this game, this is an interesting one though because they're playing the Raiders, who uh, play more cover three and man yeah. three than any team in the NFL. Not particularly close. So I. I got to think they're not going to play single high coverage like Gus Bradley's. I mean, you can't see what's happening to the Chiefs and just say, nah, we're going to roll. We're going to do what we do, given that every single team in the NFL is yeah. playing two high safety. Well, we saw this year the Ravens decide not to pressure the Chiefs for the first time in their existence, which was yes. good. It helped them win that game. And we didn't, I didn't think Wink would do that, but it, it worked. Yeah. Um, well, so here's the question, Mina, is if you are Gus Bradley's team, you're a single high coverage team, you've been that way your basically entire existence as a coach, right? Especially from the Pete Carroll years. So do you just say, hey, we're really good at running what we do. I trust that we're going to be good slowing them down, doing what we do. Or do you play a defense you're not quite sure if you guys are good at, but it has worked. Other teams have run it pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think coaches default to what they they know they can do well, which is cover three single high. Like I, I don't know if they're going to come out in a bunch of two high because they don't do that. And I that know. can actually lead to, that can lead to more mistakes is we're, we're running too <laughs> high, but don't really know how to play cover two. Cause it changes. The corners are different, right? The safeties are obviously different. Like the entire structure of a defense is different. If you don't mix that in, then it might be worse to just install it this week and try to make it work. Well, if they do do that, um, Unless Patrick Holmes is totally effed up and it has nothing to do with all the stuff we're talking about, um, then the Raiders' best chance in this thing is getting home. And that's the strength of the team. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, both of whom are playing extremely good. Um, And 
like that to me poses the biggest danger for the Chiefs offense in this game is just simply those two pass rushers because outside of that I don't see a lot of problems from a matchup perspective uh yeah I mean look I I I don't either um but you know the interesting thing about Mahomes too like this is another thing with the Chiefs offense like he can't get hit early in games if he gets hit early in games then he's just his footwork in the pocket's going to be off and you know, Andy's going to scheme up ways to get him, I think, the ball quickly early early in the game and, and try to avoid yeah. – you can't – there's no scheming up on third and eight, but finding ways. And the Chiefs' offense is still number one in the NFL, right? And, like, in le- in least amount of three and outs, the most first downs on first and second down, which is kind of the same stat but different way to say it. Like, they, they, they you know, early down passing, like, they, they're still very good in a lot of things. Um, and this will be important this week because you you need to keep yourself out of third. And this is where we're going to – you know, you, you'll miss – you know, uh, Fisher and my brothers, games like this, when if you have to get into a throwing game and, and you're in third down a bunch, you know, Orlando Brown and if if Wiley has to play right tackle, those are not really the guys that um, – that's not what they do best. Hmm. Well, so on the other side of the ball, as uh, miserable as the Chiefs offense has been to watch, the Chiefs defense has actually been playing better. Now, a lot of that has to do with the teams that they've played, right? Like how much can you really take away from – playing that Jordan Love team. But I do think there are meaningful things happening, the most important of which is guys are just getting healthy. I think Frank Clark clearly was banged up in the beginning of the season. He just put together his two best back-to-back games against the Giants and the Packers. That Chris Jones is finally back in his natural spot. Nature is healing. Um, and then Sorensen, I tweeted this. I felt bad, uh, but his snaps coverage snaps have basically been cut in half to be statistically negligible not negligible enough to cost one touchdown in the Packers game but he's largely out of it Uh, and then another thing that I found really interesting um, Jeff is that weeks one through five uh, the Chiefs played the most cover zero but you know it's a single digit percentage but they, they, they played the most man free of any team in the NFL so that's um cover one man yeah. and um uh, not a ton, 23.5% of the time they were in cover two. Over week six through nine, so the last month, they've been third in the NFL in cover two. So you are seeing Steve Spagnuolo make some changes. Yeah, look, you have to be able to hide some of those guys at safety right now. Obviously, Sorensen is in the, 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 the Thornhill rotating in now more, and it's been very helpful. You know, there was that one person tweeted out a graph of like, Chiefs, uh, you know, points allowed for Sorensen snaps, and it was like it just it just lined up perfectly. Obviously, that's very limited, but it it, it makes sense, right? That if you play better players, she doesn't. Matter. I think the defense is, is playing better. I don't care who they're playing. Um, you know, you shut a team out for second half. That's it's really good, and they're able to now. Jordan Love that game kind of take that one away, but the, the previous weeks they have not been as bad as people think. Again, to your point. They put Chris Jones back inside, thankfully. Finally, that experiment's over. Clark's play. Ingram did some good things in the first start, and they're mm-hmm. playing. They're playing. I think they play Willie Gay the entire game, which is huge for them. He's get a good. little speed. Get a little speed at linebacker. Uh, you know, Snead you know, is improving each week, and 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 Thornhill's playing now. They're going to be fine on defense. They they just can't allow forty five points a game. Like you need some stops and <laughs> to allow your offense to 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 get the ball back. I think that. The Chiefs' defense will continue to improve, and specifically in this game. Um, last year, the Chiefs got beat deep a bunch against the Raiders, and without Rugs there, I do not know if the Raiders have Deshaun Jackson. I don't think he's going to make that much of an impact this week. 
but they don't really have those deep threats anymore, right? Like that was a big part of why those games were high scoring. And I don't think the offense is quite the same. Their offensive line in Oakland, excuse me, Oakland, Vegas has not been good this year. Now you take away your one deep threat. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think this is a good matchup for the I, Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to run the hell out of the ball. Like I think that's, and they ran, by the way, they ran the ball really well against New York. Um, Derek Carr just was, I mean, the, the, the offensive line played yeah. bad, but whoo, Derek Carr had struggled in this one. And look, there's a lot, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like to be on the Raiders right now. Um, just that team, everything happening, uh, you know, from the Gruden stuff, you know, Henry Ruggs, um, facing jail time now for his DUI, uh, killing the young woman, which is obviously yeah. the, the true the most important thing in the tragedy at the center of this, but I, it's just like such a nightmare there. Um, I, I think like this team, it feels like this season, it kind of has gone sideways for them as well. I, um, look, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's, it's incentive to talk about the, you know, what, 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 what rugs is, um, you know, arrest and jail time and possible, you know, obviously he might be in jail for 40 years. It's look, yeah. players, players are used to, um, when, when coaches get fired, right. When players get cut, uh, we're used to that. And, you know, at some point in our careers that, that happens all the time. Right. And, and I, you know, I've been on staff where a coach got fired uh, many times. I've been cut. Players have been cut. That's a natural ebb and flow. So when that happens during a season, during training camp, whatever, man, but this is different. This doesn't happen, right? Players, yeah, yes, there are players that have had DUIs before, but DUI manslaughter, the videos are out everywhere. And you know, from all accounts, Henry Ruggs was was a good locker room kid, didn't get in trouble a lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, one of our dudes is going to jail for 40 years. Like that, there's no there's no preparing you for that. And I really do think that can affect the locker room much more than John Gruden being gone, who seems like they're actually happy he's gone. But this is a guy that appears to have been liked in the locker room going to jail. Like it's a, it's a, it's a thing that we're not prepared for as players. Yeah. It, it, it's, it really is like hard to even think about this team at the moment. Like, um, and I was even when I, you know, I finally got to watch, it took me a while to get to the, this last game because I was just curious to see what happened to, Derek Carr in, you know, setting aside the implications of not having, of what happened with rugs and the horrible crime and all of that. Um, you know, Derek Carr has been a good quarterback over the last couple of years because he's been aggressive pushing the ball downfield. He did not, um, attempt many deep passes against New York. Uh, and like you said, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Jackson. So my feeling is, you know, they're going to have a hard time in this particular game taking advantage of the Chiefs secondary. I, the Chiefs do not have a good run defense as well. No. I expect them to run, especially I expect a heavy dose of um, the Raiders running backs. And um, yeah, I, I it'll be an interesting test for me because this is the Chiefs chance on, defensively. We talked about the offense, but defensively to show, hey, the last two weeks weren't a mirage this pass rush is better. Uh, the addition, you know, the changes we made, the tweaks we've made to our lineup, yeah. you know, having more of Willie Gay Jr. Nick Bolton's good against a run. That that matters. Um, I, you know, I expect them to win this. I still don't know what I expect out of the Chiefs offense, candidly. I still have no idea. I feel like, Jeff, they could be totally fine in January or they could be totally awful still. 
each week I keep telling myself the Chiefs will break out of it. They just haven't. And and I'll believe it now when I see it. But they're still they still the pieces there. Maybe Odell goes there, maybe he doesn't. Um, but they, they have the pieces there to all do this. It just has to kind of click for them again. Do you think the Chiefs still win the division? Since this is a divisional uh, matchup. <sighs> I have no idea. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I I I do not know. I mean, the Chargers still are kind of lurking out there, right? They they won but their last defense weekend. is not great. Um, the Raiders with the rugs thing. It's not the Broncos. If the Chiefs win this weekend, I have to feel like they're feel they'll be six and four. Like they're not. A, they, everyone acts like they're zero and nine. They'll be six and four. Um, a win is a win, man. No matter how ugly it is at times, and sometimes you have ugly wins. Um, they have the best quarterback if he's playing like he should play. Um. I would. I'd still take the Chiefs. I think. I think they win this weekend. That that helps them, obviously. All right. Uh, last quick topic before we let you go, Jeff. Uh, OBJ. So, okay, we are taping this on Wednesday. Many things could change uh, between now and the time you listen to this person. So, uh, it's possible that by now we already know where OBJ is. But what we do know is that he can play wherever he wants. He is a free agent. Uh, we don't know what matters to him and we're hearing things oh he wants to play with a good quarterback he wants to play on a playoff team money I, I don't know what to believe and what matters Diana Rossini did report um he is honing in on it's a nice kind of woge like verb the Chiefs Packers and Saints followed by Jeremy Fowler the Seahawks have been in touch uh I also have seen reports about the Patriots those to me are the five teams I don't think I've really heard any other teams realistically um they all make sense to some degree, but let's just stick with the team we've been talking about. Do you think the Chiefs make sense? The number one question that has to be asked and answered to Odell is, do you, do you accept not being the number one guy anymore? Do you accept that role, right? Because if he goes to Kansas City, he's not the number one guy. It's right. going to be, I mean, I think Kelsey's the most important player on that offense outside of Mahomes, uh, but then it's Hill and then it's Odell, all right? Uh, if you go to, to New Orleans, now New Orleans, he might be the number one, but you're playing with a backup quarterback. In Green Bay, you're not the number one. Not the number that's, one. That, that's Adams. In Seattle, you're the third wide receiver in Seattle. So in New England, you're number one, but you're playing with Mac Jones, and they're not an offense that push the ball downfield. Um, so do you accept this is your role, that you are that you're not a number one wide receiver anymore? If you do, then all these places make sense for you, right? Like I don't think there's a wrong place to go out of these five. But do you accept that role? Because if you don't, they go to New Orleans, be number one, go back home, and you'll just get all the balls thrown to you. You get 15 balls a game. Okay. But, I mean, that's not what do, you want. Sure. But do you right. forget OBJ's perspective? From Kansas City's perspective, how meaningful would it be? You can never have too many good players. Like I I, I, I think it's so silly when people are like, oh, but they already have. So look at look at Tampa Bay last season. You never had enough good players. Like, of course that you should add Odell if he wants something. He's not a bad locker room guy. He's a wide receiver, man. He wants the ball. All right. Like, um, I I think it's if if he if he wants to go to Kansas City, they'll sign him. They're they're not stupid. Um, and he'll fit in fine in the offense. But again, he had he has to accept that this is his role now, that he's not a number one wide receiver anymore. If he accepts that role. At least this season. Maybe next year, go be number one somewhere else. But if he goes to Kansas City, Green Bay, Seattle says, hey, look, I will accept I'm the number three. Then it works out great, I think. Mm. Yeah. And listen, he's no, he's not stupid. He knows with Seattle, Green Bay, 
and uh, and Kansas City. He knows the score. He knows who the wide receivers there are. So exactly. that would be his decision. It really all comes down to what matters to him. Um, Jeff, what matters to me is having you on again. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time, buddy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I was a little intimidated, though, because of your academic prowess being a Washington mm. fan is a lot oh, more Lord. than mine. Really? Uh, but Getting I'm, Washington? I'm glad, I'm, but I'm glad I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I made it through. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on Oregon's pathetic victory over my even more pathetic football team. I'll talk to you later, bud. All right. Take care. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Today, once again, I will be answering the questions for Dinks and Dunks. Dinks and Dunks are a part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, guys. Once again, I went long, which means I will be answered. This is my punishment for going long and not managing the clock well. I get to answer the questions again. Um, and back by popular demand is Dan Stanzik, the producer of this podcast. Mina, thanks for bringing me back. Let's get into it. You always kind of ask this question. You pick the games, I think, for ESPN.com as an expert. So you're one of those people like when everybody picks against a team and they win, they tweet it out like that's that's what I'm not on that. I, I specifically no longer do public picks because I was so you know what? I wasn't tired of people getting mad. It was the team accounts who would be like, right, right. Oh, they always you, tweet you, it you, out. Picked yeah. us, you know, you pick the Bears to lose. And it's like, yeah, because you, you've been bad or something. I would just use the Bears hypothetically. Anyways, yeah, I think it's always the Bears, though. That that rang true to my ear. I don't know why. Um, but a game I'm struggling with this week. Let's go Eagles at Broncos. Ooh, I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I mean, I feel like it does sound like a little bit of recency bias coming off of uh, the surprising beatdown of Dallas, but a couple things in this one. I think Teddy Bridgewater versus that Eagles defense, um, he won't have any trouble kind of dinking and dunking underneath versus their zone coverage. And then on the other side of the ball, I think this Broncos defense, like they seem to finally, it's weird losing Von Miller, but they finally look like, the Broncos defense, we expected. It kind of feels like the addition of Kenny Young to the lineup, Kyle Fuller playing well, being used a little bit differently. Vic Fangio, you know, is getting what you would expect out of the Vic Fangio defense. So give me Denver. Bonus points for using dinking and dunking as a part of dinks and dunks. Oh, wow. and, and I should have noted dinks and dunks. First four questions from me, last one from Lenny, of course. Question two, rank the five first round rookie quarterbacks. We're halfway through the season. How would you rank them one to five? Oh, my God. The pressure. Um, ooh, that's tough. Don't you do this kind of stuff for a living? Come on, Mina. I know. Okay, so you got to go Mac Jones, I think, just given the consistency. Like, and that doesn't mean I think he's going to be the best quarterback, by the way, or like, yeah, we should, we should specify that. Not like who do you want leading your franchise yeah. for the next five he, years? He, he's he's played, he's definitely played the best, most consistent football. But of course, there's a lot of this has to do with situation and whatever. Um, Mm, I'm, then I would go. I would go Fields next. I mean, we're coming off of back wow. to back good games from him. The last of which, to me, uh, the the Bears game against Pittsburgh, a very good defense, was the best performance by any rookie quarterback this year. Now he has had some stinkers, so it's been a more up and down. But yeah. And then three, I will go Trevor Lawrence, who's also had a couple of good games, a lot of bad games, but is in a very difficult situation. Four, I'll go Trey Lance. Again, hasn't played a lot of football, only had that one start, but um, flashed a bit. Not perfect, again. Not, you know, definitely raw, but... Uh, and then five, Zach Wilson. I don't Maybe people disagree with that. I saw somewhere that 
PFF had him graded second a few weeks ago, but I just feel like his stock has really been hurt by the performance of Mike White and even Josh Johnson in that Jets offense. So, yeah. Sorry, Jets. Very man. fitting that the the quarterback the Jets drafted is in fifth place. I mean, injured, of course, but it, it's not over. Uh, it's not over. A lot of a lot of only halfway left. through the season. That's He's had right. Some All right. Cool big throws, you know. Question three. Think about like you used to have this weird obsession, or maybe not obsession, but you were always higher on Matt Ryan than everybody else. Ugh. Can you give us another player? And let's kind of keep it to fantasy players so that the majority of the audience we'll kind of understand where we're going here. Give us a player you're way higher on than the general consensus. First of all, my audience is extremely sophisticated. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like needing well, if you to- said like a guard for like the Jaguars, I, I think it'd be a terrible question. And I want to just keep it current and popular. I'm sorry. Throw out a set a, of the audience. A guard I mean, I'm a for, radio producer. A guard for what? The, the, the Jacksonville what now? What did I say? What team in Jacksonville? What do you call them? Did I say Jaguars? Did I say something else? Jaguars? Jaguars? Am I saying that weird? It's Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars. Did I throw like an extra syllable in there? That's possible. You keep, say, you keep saying Jaguars. Do I have a, a Syracuse, New York accent? That's where I grew up. All right. I, this might be a regional thing. Because Pablo said that once and he's from new york maybe it's like a new york thing all right if you're listening to this um please respond to my tweet of the episode by telling me how you say jaguar uh maybe i should do a poll okay um well shoot i mean just staying this isn't like a deep cut answer at all but like how about cordero patterson holy smokes what an awesome season that dude's having and it's sort of matt ryan adjacent i realize but uh, he's a big reason why Matt, Matt, Matt's playing excellent football, which is very exciting for me personally. But, uh, Patterson is part of the reason, a big part of the reason why I like, I'm really enjoying watching the Falcons offense right now and really, really love watching them against what I thought was a very good Saints defense. But, um, his ability to allow, you know, the fact he's always on the field and Arthur Smith can use him to get whatever mismatch he wants is fan- like such a tool. That combined with the presence of Kyle Pitts makes them super, super entertaining. But let's go Patterson. Love a late career renaissance. It's so cool. Question four. You always ask Kevin Clark about like a book he's recently read and enjoyed. I know you're probably busy with, you know, raising Lenny and covering football. But is there something you've read recently that you'd like to recommend to the audience? Greg is the one I usually ask about books. Oh, that's my bad. Greg Rosenthal. Kevin I tell you, listen to the podcast you produce. Um, yeah, you know, so I'm not like a I I I don't carry books around me with me a ton with my travels. I usually bring copies of the New Yorker when I need to, or just when I want to read something that's not on a screen. But um, I did read "It's Better to Be Feared," the Seth Wickersham book, uh, in part because I uh, did like a Twitter Spaces with him. Anyways, super interesting book. Um, even if you're not a Pats fan, it's just like such a great uh primer on kind of like the recent history of the nfl and some of the things is that it kinda... primer or primer well you can't do that to me I... I think i have to after that whole jaguar situation okay i'm pretty I'm sure it's primer it. i'm looking it up hold primer. on primer get out of here no i feel like it i feel like i got it right okay uh here we go uh introductory book on a subject it's primer do you hear that primer i knew it mm-hmm what a self. I don't believe it. Uh, question five. This one comes from Lenny. He emailed it in on the, the show email that There's we no do theories. every week. There's no show email. Um, 
Yeah, he didn't reply all. He just hit reply, so only I would see it. Um, but he knew that uh, Jeff Schwartz had a bail and uh, you'd go long, so he sent me a question. He's been doing it every week now just in case. And uh, he said that he, okay. he, doesn't, he doesn't know what this, this feeling is like, but he wanted me to ask you what it's like knowing that your mom is more popular than you are on Twitter. You know, Lenny, you live for free in my house. You have your uh, a bed in every room, the lap of luxury. Really, you're gonna come at me like that on my podcast? Absolutely not. Uh, it feels great. Go follow her at Sunmin Kimes. Uh, 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 uh,